Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. I'm Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional counselor, and with me is Brock Yonke, lead care and support pastor from Hope Fellowship. Hello, Brock. Hello, Tara. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Well, you know, just um, just peachy, I think, is the word that I would use. Oh, peachy, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. I'm going to share a quote with you, and I want you to... Dissect it for us. Okay. Boy, this is a lot of pressure. So it's super short. We found this in a marriage journal, but just love it. Marriage maintains itself linguistically. What do you think about that? So I get to dissect this now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So marriage is the first part. So a relationship maintains itself, keeps going linguistically. So that would probably mean that communication is a pretty big deal in marriage, that if that's not a a major or healthy part of of a marriage, it's probably not going to be maintained very well. A plus, bro. Wow, a look plus. at me. I'm almost a therapist now. Awesome. I could just go to school. Yes. Um, so we have talked about communication before several times. And honestly, I was kind of, if I'm being transparent, a little hesitant to do another episode on it only because I don't want it to feel, you know, like you've heard it before. Overdone. Or yes, just yeah. like recycled. Um, but it is so vital and it's, a, like a massive ingredient to a healthy marriage. So we're doing it again, but we want to do it a little bit differently and give you all some more, just like some techniques and tools that you can use. Like very, they're very practical and you can use them day to day. Now, if I can be transparent, I wasn't too nervous about doing another episode no, on you communication. Were all about I it. I was gung ho. Is it gun ho or gung? I believe it's gung ho. Gung? Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever that means. <laughs> but I was, whatever ho. That doesn't sound good right there. We'll, 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 we'll you know, go moving just on. moving on from there. But I was so excited because it, it's such a vital part of any relationship. And it seems like if this is off, then the relationship is struggling. And so this seems to just be above all other things so vital because it seems like if people don't feel heard, uh, they don't feel valued. And that seems to have a lot of consequences in a relationship. If you don't feel like you can share what's going on in your inner world to someone else, it seems to really mess things up. Absolutely. It's like, and we've said this before, but I mean, it's such a foundational piece that if you want to build something sturdy, you have to have a sturdy foundation. And this is one of those things where I think you have to just, we have to keep going back and revisiting it to make sure that we're growing and developing these skills and becoming more aware. Because I think that again, just points to the health of our marriages. Yeah. Yeah. Can I share a little Dr. Gottman to get us started? Would that be okay? That would be lovely. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I wish people could see the looks that I get during this podcast. It's always, maybe it's my internal doubt, just looks of disappointment I feel like I what? get all the time. See, and in my head, I was thinking, <laughs> man, Brock sure gets excited about Dr. Gottman. That, see? But, see, okay, there we go. But, but if we communicate about it later, we could get on the same page. There we go, it. that's true, because communication is a big deal. It, it seems like deal. relationships are maintained that way. Um, so Dr. Gottman, this has been really helpful for me. He talks about positive sentiment override and negative sentiment override. And so how I interpret that, and please help me if I am off a little bit. Yes, I'm sure. Um, but if we are making deposits, a positive deposits into our spouse, like kind words, kind actions, activities that we're doing together, it starts to build this bank of positive things. Mm -hmm. And so when we're in that positive sentiment override, it's like, Someone can do something that may be a little off or a little mean or a little sharp, but we give them a little grace because there's this huge deposit over here. There's cushion. There's cushion. 
But what happens that a lot of times when communication is not going so well and we get in this negative sentiment override, they can say something that's so kind and so generous, but we can interpret it incorrectly because like you just did with my expression. Like, yes, like, it's a perfect example. And so then we can get emotional, we can get upset. And so if the marriage maintains itself linguistically, so good conversations, feeling like we're heard. And if it's not in that positive sentiment override side, you can see why almost anything that happens in a relationship could go really sour. And I talk to couples all the time and say, you know, they'll say, here's what happened. And they tell me their story. And it really doesn't sound like that big a deal to me. Mm-hmm. But knowing they're probably in that negative sentiment override, it's like even if they're trying to say something kind or nice, they're just there's there's no cushion. They're mm-hmm. just it's just all been taken away. And so it's so hard to build back up. And so if communication is living in that world, it's almost like you're kind of stuck and you can't get anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we have built up that account and there's excess, things don't hit us quite as sideways. Um, and they still can, but I think the bounce back could be quicker. Yeah. There's more grit and resilience um, and rapport built up over time. And communication is one of the most important ways to do that. Yeah. So do we want to get in some ideas of how to build those a cushion or to make those deposits into that mm-hmm. positive account? So Tara, why don't you, you start? We'll go, we can go, we want to do a little back and forth on some ideas that we've had about how to make deposits into that positive side. Would that be okay with you? That is great. Here, I'll follow it up with another Gottman. Oh, wow. Here we uh, go. In honor of Brock. Um, so this one's called Bid for Connection. And it's basically when your partner is gesturing, um, they're making a bid in order to connect with you. And that can be done verbally or non-verbally. There's tons of ways that can be done. But basically, they are saying or non-verbally stating, hey, I want to connect or I need something from you. And uh, I think a lot of times those things get missed because especially maybe if they're non-verbal, like for instance, like say the uh, wife walks into the living room and not to be like stereotypical here, I'm just literally shooting from the hip on this, walks into the living room and is trying to make plans for dinner with her husband and he's on his phone and she's standing there trying to get his attention and ask him questions and he doesn't put his phone down and he's half listening or not really listening at all, then she's going to possibly take that in a negative way or it could hurt her feelings or if, but if she's communicating what she's feeling and seeing like right back to him and they've got some cushion in that account, then maybe he's quick to put his phone down or to apologize if he is hurtful or, you know, or she says, you know, something to break through. I don't know. Or but, she might realize, oh, he's busy or he's doing something yeah, right like now. I'm going to give him some later. grace yeah. kind of thing if this is important, you know, that kind of thing. So anyways, there's all different kinds of ways that we can do that. But if we're hurt by our spouse or having a stressful day and they make a bid for connection, a lot of times we don't reciprocate or meet them where they're at because of our own stuff. Or if we've had a bad day or we're not in a great season or space, like our bids for connection could be lacking or look very different, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think just paying attention to that and being very cognizant and mindful is very helpful when it comes to that. Because think about that. If you've ever been in a situation where you go to a coworker, just anybody in life, and you start to talk to them, and share with them and they look away 
mm-hmm. um, they get on their phone or whatever. It's dismissive. It's dismissive. And you feel like, oh, this person doesn't really care about me. Mm-hmm. And so thinking of that negative sentiment override, if that happens again and again and again, what is your brain going to start and your, your heart start to tell you? This right. person doesn't really care what I have to say. And so if marriage maintains itself linguistically, that's not going to be good because you're going to stop giving those bids to, to connect. Right. And going back to even what we covered last season, but like also stop giving them to protect yourself if yeah. you feel continuously hurt and there's, there's no repair happening in between, um, which was also done linguistically. Ooh, so wow, there we go. That. But yeah, so just I think being aware of our body language and are we being truly and authentically attentive because it is important not that we're listening it's also important that we show that we're listening mm-hmm. i mean i've been I heard heard that many times in my in my marriage that mm-hmm. hey i know you're listening but you're not really showing me that you're listening and that's important to me and i think that's just a way to build those positive deposits right. and say hey i do care about you well, let's break that down real quick so how can we show that like body language wise what works for you i mean i think putting down the phone um you know if you're watching tv or something like that maybe you know, looking away from the TV, pausing, muting it, something, muting yeah. it, making sure you're making eye contact with people. Eye contact is such a vital part that's so underrated that like, because mm-hmm. when someone looks at you and they, you know that they're connected with you, that means so much to you. That's just positive building right there. Body language, I think even things like just, you know, not turning away, but actually turning toward, like facing, yeah. facing, those things are just so vital. And so again, all this, we're not saying, hey, evaluate your partner. We're mm-hmm. saying, you know, evaluate stay, yourself, evaluate yourself, stay in your lane, draw your circle, whatever you want to say. But it's all about, hey, how am I doing in these areas to make sure that my partner feels that we're maintaining this thing through communication? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal. Um, another thing that's really helped me over the years is almost I, I make this pie graph sometimes of the verbal communication in our marriage and feel like there's times that I dominate the conversation and I'm doing a lot of speaking. And so sometimes I feel like I need to reevaluate that pie graph and say, can I fill that more with her words? And so one of the things that I've been trying to do over the years is ask a lot more questions than I make statements. Um, Because when anybody that gets a question asked of them, they feel like, oh, this person kind of cares about me. It's just such a, uh, maybe a simple, dumb little technique. But when, I mean, when the kids were little, I used to, before they'd go to bed, we'd play question game and they would like ask questions, ask questions. Even from childhood, we'd love to be asked questions about ourselves and get to share what's going on in our inner world. And so that's such a big deal to just even think about what can I do to ask them questions? And am I asking more questions than I'm, I'm making statements? People are going to start to feel that positive sentiment override growing because mm-hmm. you're building that account for them. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And I think if we're asking questions not just to like even out the the pie graph, but to, you know, to really understand them on a deeper level and know them more deeply and authentically. Like, you're going to want to ask those questions. You're not going to have to sometimes, I mean, and again, this context changes things, but we're going to do that more naturally and out of true curiosity because we know that like, that's only going to help us grow or if we are in a conflict and we're asking questions and we're actively listening and really trying to productively communicate, that's what's going to get us to the other side of that. Yeah, very much so. All right, Tara, you got another tip or trick or thought or therapist idea for us? I do. Um, that We've talked about this before and it's simple on paper. I think it can be very difficult to do. Um, 
But just remembering that timing and tone and truth matter. And so, like, read the room. You know, if somebody walks in that door and, you know, they look like a drowned rat because it's raining outside and they've had a stressful day and they stub their toe, that's probably not the time to be like, hey, we need to discuss our budget. Hey, can we talk? You know, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, just things like that. So, just, um, just being aware of where your partner's at as much as you can. And sometimes we even might need to ask because we don't know. But if it's obvious, like, you know, maybe give them a little space and time to like put their stuff down and kind of reset and then just approach them, check in with them. But I think those kinds of things matter. And like, I, I always tell people like the way we say stuff is just as important as what we're actually saying. And so if we're being aggressive or dismissive or flippant, pay attention to that and take a pause if you need to, or maybe even call it out that, you you know, acknowledge it, take responsibility, but shine light on these things. Don't just shove them under the rug or dismiss them. Can I ask you a question here? You may. All right. So it seems to me that the only people that can control their tone is the people that are communicating, the talker, right? Mm -hmm. And so what do I do if my spouse says, hey, I don't appreciate your tone? Do we keep trying to change them and tell them, hey, you need to understand this is just how I talk? Or do we go back and say, hey, do I need to work on my tone a little bit? What would you recommend in that? Because that seems to be a common theme that I hear, like the tone bothers me so right. much. Well, I think any if, if you take inventory in that moment and you are, if you see that your tone is less than ideal, then do something about it, right? If if you're talking completely calmly, responsibly, and like feel good about it and it's bothering them, then that might say like, hey, some it's more about them than me in that moment. But I still think we need to address, and again, that's where that like dialoguing back and forth to see like where the disconnect is mm-hmm. because maybe they're in a negative headspace or they're feeling extra raw in that moment. And so what you're saying, even if it's the way you would always say that and it's a nice way to say it it might be hitting them sideways and it never hurts to adjust no i mean to think because every person is going to be unique every situation is going to be unique and it doesn't hurt to say maybe this is something i can evaluate about myself and see if there are some valid concerns about how i say things when i'm nervous or I'm angry or uh, feel devalued or whatever it might mm-hmm. be i think that's a fair a fair yeah. thing to do and i think too it's also like this is a like a technique in therapy a lot of times but like having them repeat back to you what they just heard you say um, in that moment because what went through all their filters and hit their ears may be different than what left your mouth. Mm -hmm. And so that like could very much point to where the disconnect is and give like there's something that y'all can address right then and there before you even move forward with what the original goal was. Because I know there's some times I've said some things I meant to say it in a certain way and it came out a little harsh or whatever Mm -hmm. and just evaluating that seems to be a big deal. Um, But another thing that I've seem that is really helpful for me as I, as I think about making those positive accounts, as we've talked about this before, is the, you know, making sure that we're saying a lot more positive things than we are negative things. Um, and one of the things that's really helped me is I used to kind of think, if I say, if I think something nice, should I really say that to people? Or am I going to come across as weird or cheesy or whatever? But as I've gotten a little older, I realize why would I not say nice things to people? Mm-hmm. If I think something nice, I need to say it. You know, if it's just like, hey, you look nice today. I appreciated, you know, that you 
clean up the dishes last night when I was gone or whatever it would be. But people enjoy compliments. And, and when we get negative feedback, it's, it's harder for us to respond from that. And so we need a lot of positive buildup into that positive sentiment override account. And so I think it's one of the things that I've just realized is, man, I need to make sure I'm saying a lot more positive things and negative mm-hmm. things. And if I think anything nice at all about my friends, about my wife, about coworkers, I need to be saying that stuff. And if they think it's cheesy, then they can draw the circle around themselves right. and, and deal with well, that. But even if it's cheesy, it doesn't mean that it's not appreciated, you know? And so I definitely think, yes, expressing our gratitude and our appreciation and pointing things out, like that, that makes people feel good. It may also make them uncomfortable or feel awkward, but I don't think anybody would be like, I wish you wouldn't have said that. Yeah, and that I wish you'd stop me. saying nice things yeah, to me. Yeah. Please stop being kind. Yeah. Um, because I do like, even I think a lot of us, we may think those things throughout the day or in certain moments, but a lot of times what comes out of our mouth is a critique yes. or something negative. And sometimes those things may need to come out. But again, if we are saying more positive, truthful things and building that cushion, then if the thing that we're saying is more on the negative side or it's, it's a, it, it could lead to conflict, but it needs to be said, hopefully it's better received they're giving us the benefit of the doubt because we've got some cushion yeah yeah and again not to talk too much about Gottman but he says it should at least be a five to one ratio in a healthy relationship five positive things for every negative things and even couples that are doing well sometimes they live in like a 20 to one ratio but I mean could you imagine living in a 20 to one ratio where people are saying kind things about you and you feel appreciated you feel valued and then you're going to give those people the benefit of the doubt when they make those mistakes. Absolutely. And you so may not even notice the mistakes. May, yeah, exactly. And so that's why it's just so important as we talk about marriage maintaining itself linguistically, this is a part of it. Like if I think something nice about my wife, but I never say it, I mean, she's she not going to know. She's not going to get to build up that yeah. cushion, you know? Yeah. So I got to get that stuff out. And that's so important to And I tell to people all like the time, that. like your spouse is not a mind reader. Yeah. And so same thing here. Our spouses are not mind readers. So we could be like, well, they know that, you know, yeah, or I yeah. told them back in 1973, <laughs> well, hi, it's 2022. Yeah. Like, let's, let's up the ante here. A exactly. Bit. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, let's do one more. Uh, this is, a, again, simple in theory. Um, and we kind of covered this a little bit, but specifically, just like good manners and being like nice um, and good to your spouse because I think oftentimes they're the ones that get the short end of the stick because we've had to be with people all day or we've had a stressful day at work um, and we've had to be on and we we can be more authentic and let our walls down around our spouse hopefully but that doesn't have to equal we're you know being unkind or again being like flippant or hurtful with our words even if it's not directed at them but again that tone our body language you know, if if we're mad at somebody else or another situation, but we come home and we're slamming doors and we're just, you know, short in our answers and really clipped responses, that's not cool. And so I think I think homes should be a sanctuary and not everybody gets that. Mm-hmm. But again, as the adults in that home, we have the power to make that happen for ourselves, hopefully, and our children. And so just doing things that like kind of following the golden rule and just having good manners and like go back to the basics here and do the things that you know to be good, right, and true. Yeah. 
because we've talked about this before about how it's easy to come home and just say, I don't have to be nice. I don't have to be kind. But one of the things that's helped me a little bit too is to think about um, my wife and her father, like almost the question of like, how would he want me to treat her? If mm-hmm. he was standing there, would I treat her this way? And then in, in a spiritual way too, it's like this person is God's daughter. And so would God want me treating this person this way if he was standing there and he is? And so just thinking through those things, like this is, this is God's daughter. This is Frank's daughter. It's my, my father-in-law's name, but just like, how would he want her to be treated? And so that kind of is something that I try to try That's to think through. Every once one. Yeah. So Tara, if we are drawing the circle, staying in our lane about how we communicate. So I think a good question to ask at the end of this is kind of what, what kind of a communicator am I? And, and asking, so then doing that evaluation and saying, because you, you, you said, you've said this before and it's really hit me a lot that we tend to either minimize or maximize our communication skills. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm diminishing what I do or no, I'm great at this. And so I think it's important to take a realistic evaluation of how we do in communication mm-hmm. um, at home, everywhere, because it's such a big deal because it really is the driving force for all relationships. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think it's, a, I think it can be a lot more difficult to be honest with ourselves um, than others sometimes. And this is one of those things where I think it it's such a basic thing, but it isn't. Um, it's not easy. Right. When you are trying to do life with another human being and pay the bills and get through the day and all these things stack up, you know, and so it can get away from us. But this is one of those things that I think it's so important, which is why, again, we're talking about communication circle back to this consistently and check yourself and take inventory and ask yourself hard questions. Ask, ask your spouse how, how you're doing, how they perceive you. Is there, are there, is there uh, room for growth? Things like that, because it's just, it's, it's vital. It's like having a salad without lettuce, Hmm. you know? Um, I could I could imagine that. I don't know if that's the best analogy because I could get rid of the lettuce. Repulsive. Just some eggs and some carrots. That's not a salad, then. See. Okay. All right. That's eggs and carrots. But it's like I was thinking today. It's like as I was um, with football. It's like when you root for a football team, you can um, think they're the greatest thing in the world, or you can you know it's like you you you're not really a neutral source. You kind of get in this thing. I know that those people that aren't living football like I do, it doesn't work as well. But it's the same thing with us as communicators. We tend to not really have a true evaluation um, because we're kind of biased. Either mm-hmm. we minimize or maximize that. And so, anyway, just a little football thought Thank at the you. end. Thanks, but Coach. we want to end with our practical thing, our mindful moment. So, okay. Tara. Can I say one more thing? Okay, go ahead. I yes. said I was only going to say <clears throat> add one more, but I think this is, again, so important. But just trying to do things, um, like finding common ground is very important, even if you know, you're night and day different. But y'all can still find things that you can connect over and that are important to both of you and maybe one of you learns to even love something your spouse really enjoys but having fun together like playing and laughing like adults and I've done this in seasons of my life but adults can they quickly dismiss that when I bring that up but it is I definitely think it's a building block in relationships Mm -hmm. it shouldn't always be hard it shouldn't always be serious it shouldn't always have to be about the kids or money like you married this person for a reason. You chose to marry this person. Hopefully you enjoy them. Yeah. But again, life happens and we can get disconnected. And it. And so I think one of the 
first things to always try and inject in those moments and seasons is have fun together, laugh, do things that are not difficult. And you're not going to have to have a serious conversation about this. You can just have fun together. Yes. And it's so connective and it, it repairs and it soothes, but it also builds a relationship. Because even be, I know that there's times that like, even my wife and I watch Seinfeld or Parks and Rec together. I mean, those times that we're connecting and there's yes. no conversation, we're just having fun together. It's such yes. a big deal. And humor is healing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people don't um, always agree with that, but it is so healing. And lightheartedness and what that even does to us internally from like a nervous system and a, our, a, the brain it's good for us. It's so, so healthy. So in light of that then, because often people say I'm very, very funny. Could you say I'm a healer? I, I wouldn't Humor say that, is a healer. Rock. Okay. All right. Now the mindful moment. <laughs> a couple kidding. practical ideas, Tara, we could do to take this and make sure this is a reality in our lives even this coming week or next few days. All right. So we've got two for you. Um, and this could look very different depending on the context and it can be tailored to your marriage. But what can you do linguistically for your marriage this week or right now? I'm not going to expound on that. That could, again, go in a thousand directions. Any of the things we mentioned today could be possibilities. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Or come up with your own. There you go. You've got creative liberties here. Um, And then also um, just being very cognizant to make a bid for connection, especially if there's repair that needs to be done. Um, But make a bid for connection with your spouse and then pay attention to how you respond when your spouse makes a bid toward you. Yeah, so be, if they're making a bid, kind of try to be aware like, oh, is this a bid for connection? Can I need to, do I need to put the phone down? What do I need to do here? So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Absolutely. All right, that's it. Se- season five, episode four whoop, whoop. is in the can, as they used to say. That uh, sounds can, like it's in the trash. Oh, okay, we won't say that. But thanks for joining us. And Tara, <laughs> thanks to you. Thanks you. Thanks Thank you, you for all your time as always. Back at you, Brock. Thanks, everybody. 